0: Uh, welcome, welcome, welcome. It's so good to see everybody. I'm so glad to have you. Uh, welcome to Dr. BoyceTV.com, the home for intelligent Black people. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins, and today I have a special guest, uh, Brother Rick Mathis. Uh, Rick is uh, an extraordinary film director. He is one of, uh, one of the great film directors in our community, uh, and he has partnered with us to create a Black-owned film industry. Now, you guys know we've talked about Black folks owning our own movies, and creating content that really comes from the community. We're not talking about uh, movies that are connected to Hollywood and all this other stuff that are backed by Hollywood with their agenda. We're talking about movies that have the black agenda, uh, meaning that uh, basically black first, uh, that we that we matter the most. And so we have spent years uh, working on a project called Be One the Movie. And I know you're gonna love this project. It's gonna be released uh, in the summer of 2023. And so uh, without further ado, I'd like to welcome my good brother, Rick Mathis. How you doing today, man? Hey, I'm doing great, man. How you doing, Dr. Watkins? Doing good, brother. Doing good. Doing good. And I want to let everybody know, uh, shout out the city you're from. And I want to say hello to Yolanda Baker out of Wichita, Kansas. Gregory Bowers, Melanated Rich combo says, let's go, Doc. All right, I'm ready to go, man. You got me pumped up. I'm ready to go. Gregory Burns, I'm with it. Gregory's with it. I'll go to battle with him any day of the week. Nicole Nobles, Gloria Shelton, so good to see you. Shout out the city you're from, and uh, let us know where you're coming in from, and be one to everybody in here. So let's get started. Let's just talk about this, man. This is this is a blockbuster summer, right? You know, I'm sure there's like an Avengers movie coming out. There's always one of those, and you know, maybe another eventually another Creed movie and all this other stuff that's out here, and that's all good stuff. But this is our stuff, right? This is what we own. We're creating this, and we and you and I got together and talked probably almost 3 years ago now <clears throat> about this project called B1 the movie where we wanted to bring in some of our blackbuster stars some of the the people that we admire not the hollywood types but the people that are really down here doing the work really connected to the community and literally make a film for the ages that is black financed black owned black distributed black 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 bl- bliggity black B1 black that's a special brand of black so tell me about this project man cuz i know you put a lot of blood sweat and tears into this uh, just go ahead brother
1: Man, B-1, the movie is, <laughs> like you said, it's a blackbuster. You know, just to kind of share the synopsis with you all, man. And uh, first off, I want to start by saying thank you, Dr. Watkins, for, uh, you know, uh, trusting in me uh, with B-1, the movie. You know, there's a big movement with B-1, the movie, and it's like, I mean, with B-1, you know, with the B-1 movement. So to create the movie around that movement, you know, it was very near and dear to me, man. So I definitely want to take my hat off, man, and you know, tell you thanks for, um, for partnering with me on, on this project. But to just kind of share the synopsis with you all on what B1 the movie is. The current economic crisis has opened the eyes of Black people in America and put emphasis on the fact that we must get on code and put our needs first. Dr. Boyce Watkins and filmmaker Rick Mathis examines the state of the black community with this intriguing question. What is it going to take for black people to start putting black people first? And I just kind of want to pose that to the people. Like, what do you think? And y'all can put it in the comment. It's going to take for black people to start putting black people first. Like, what is it going to take?
0: Mm. Well, you know, this film is powerful because we've got some of the most uh, intriguing individuals in our community I'm talking about revolutionary leaders who are getting work done um, uh, let, let's start at the top of the list uh, Dr. Claude Anderson <clears throat> um, you know Dr. Anderson agreed to be in the film and and uh, and I'm glad Dr. Anderson was in the film because uh, Dr. Claude is he's the old of all this you know without this uh, a lot of it's very important that black people we create our own heroes. Uh, and so um, so what in terms of where what role a doctor Anderson might play in in the future of our community or the development of industry that we need as black people? Uh, what are your thoughts on Dr. Anderson? Uh, 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 Rick?
1: Yeah, I, I think like like you said, I mean, he is um, he oh, is the gentleman in the film. He, he, he's the hero in the film. I mean, he uh, in the film, he talks about race. And how the term race came about, stating that it was a race to get to America. Because when you think of ethnicity, no other country uses the the term race to describe an ethnicity. And I thought that was really powerful. So in the film, he really walks you through that, how race came about, the term race and racism. So it's it's a powerful segment with him that's in uh, episode three, and we have five episodes that we've created. But uh, Dr. Claude Anderson really like like digs in on that man and just kind of knocks it out the park in that segment. So I would say he's the uh, he's the giant man. He he's really the he's really the icon of this project of this B1 film.
0: Well, you know, I, I feel like Anderson, uh, people, him are. Uh, think the thing I think black people have to understand is that you know uh, there, there's a reason why Dr. Anderson is not uh, you know a part of mainstream media. Uh, it's because the, the, the revolution really won't be televised. The re, CNN is not going to be interested in hearing about black people truly becoming independent enough that we're not leaning on this Democrat Republican nonsense. We're not sort of waiting on superman uh that we're actually doing it on our own and, and, and in fact just this week rick uh they invited joe biden up to speak at howard university and some of the I black people it. were pissed yeah they were mad mm-hmm. as hell they were like wait a minute you know you're inviting guys like him you know he's the king of mass incarceration but yet dr claude anderson's lived in dc right down the street from howard university for decades and they've never had him in there and uh and, and in fact another rebel that we had in this film is this brother here rizza islam and Riza is a guy that um you know during the pandemic for example he was put on some sort of most wanted list most something list right where yeah. he, was, he was so committed to serving his people in his way and i and i stood by risk the whole pandemic i didn't care you know i said you know what i i'm sure you're gonna start surveying me because i'm i'm kicking it with this guy but I'm never going to leave the side of this brother because I think that uh, you've got people in the community that will go to war for you, you know. And I think black folks have to really understand that. Like, instead of looking up to some rapper that ain't that don't give a damn about you, or some you know, actor that's gonna go marry a white woman, uh, why not look up to the people in your community that uh, that are gonna be there for you when when it really goes down, you know? So, so tell me about that in terms of how you were putting together this film and going through all the different people that were in the film. I mean, I can keep going down the list. Uh, Queen of Fool and Nuri Muhammad, Speech from Arrested Development, Jay Morrison, Julian Gordon, Dr. Anna Brown, Ash Cash, Vicki Dillard, etc. cetera. How did you go about sort of crafting the, the, the message of the film?
1: Man, so when you have, like, we interviewed over,
0: I would say 40, 45
1: people for this film. That's a lot of people and we wanted to highlight the people that were really making headways and really had a voice uh, in the community so the way that i went about crafting the film i wanted to if you have a pie i want to slice that pie and have a conversation on the things that are very important in our community everything from the music to the imagery in the films to social media to the children's education, uh, health, relationships, black businesses. So I wanted to put, have a conversation around all of those things to where you had our greatest minds, our greatest voices speaking on those things. So when I thought about it, I kind of thought about it as, you remember the song, We Are The World, where they combine like all like the voices of that, I think that was in the eighties. Where they just chime in, you know, we are the world, and everybody had a had a voice in in, in this particular song. So I kind of thought about it like that and approached it in that manner where each person would have their niche. So of course, Queen of Four would have her niche where she talks about health. You know, Mama Peel shares a great story about how she met Dr. Thaby, you know, and how he uh how he told her, you know, she, she was sick. He looked at her and he knew that she was sick, you know, by looking in her eyes. You know, so it's a powerful story in in that. Mm. um, You know, so it's it's so many powerful stories, you know, in this film. We're in the age of storytelling. So I really wanted to hone in on some of those um, iconic stories, if you will, from these iconic people in our community so that this could be etched in stone and we can have this and share with the kids' kids, our kids' kids, you know and say these were the people that we were looking at when the pandemic broke and you know all of these things these economic crisis was going on with the dollar because i feel that we're in a very uh pivotal time right now when things are being disrupted so we need to document this time so that we can share you know with our kids kids what was going on and who were our thought leaders in this particular age
0: yeah and i think that's important right when you when you talk about uh, you know this film and the film by the way everybody's called b1 the movie and uh we're gonna release it this summer uh you know this this, it, this film was important for me to participate in uh because uh I, you know i have the students in the black business school read a book called how the jews invented hollywood an empire of their own and uh and and i don't think and it is not anti-semitic or anything like that i i not have time to hate be hating for it. um but there is so much that we can all learn in terms of how how you develop industries, right? You have got a whole uh you know a whole entertainment industry full of people that are just begging for jobs, begging for opportunities, begging, you know, begging white folks to do this and do that for them. And it's very uh it, it's very sad because uh it, it's it's crazy when you have your most so allegedly most so-called uh most powerful that have no power. How is it that your most powerful black people in Hollywood don't have a lot of power? Well, it's a lot of it's because of the, of the line of thinking. You know, um, if you're not thinking in terms of ownership and control and developing industry as opposed to simply trying to get in where you fit in, then you're never going to be able to really have uh, the ability to shape your own destiny. So, uh, so, this film, we made this movie, y'all, because I've told you all about the importance of us developing a black home film. Industry, and uh, no act like that. But I know it took a lot of partners to do that. It took a lot of, you know, putting on Madea dresses to get that done. And God bless him for what he accomplished and what he's doing with that. There's nothing, no hatred, nothing like that. But I said, let's see what the community can do. Let's see what we can do when we really represent ourselves in the in the best way and really have something that is really going to lay a foundation where our people will stand tall and proud, independent. You know, we could piss off anybody and still be OK. And uh, and that's what this film, I think, represents. And these were the individuals that I consider to be my movie stars, uh, the Vicki Dillard's, the Dr. Claude Anderson, uh, Riza Islam, Nuri Muhammad, Queen Afua, Jay Morrison, Julian Gordon, D1. Right, like like these are people that that are the leaders in our space. So uh now you you sent me you said you interviewed 45 people for the film. I, I yeah, it
1: was around 40 something people.
0: Okay, yeah. I see on this list I see about maybe 14. Is there like an exhaust anywhere I get exhaustive list of everybody yeah. at some point? Because I, I want to see I'd like to see that whole list because I want people to know how much work you put into this. Uh, you know, because it cause it wasn't it wasn't no simple project. No, it definitely was not.
1: Let's see. Uh do 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 this is a more extensive list here i'm going to share this list with you uh in the email okay and um but yeah we put in about i know we put in over 2500 editing hours on this project like mm. over 2500 you know because i um you know i locked in i heard a uh i heard a uh, a musician say you know, when you lose somebody close to you, get busy creating. Because at that time, your heart is open. You know, your heart is soft. So as you'll see in the film, uh, I lost my mom doing the production of this film. So at that time, I buried myself in this project. And I allowed the ancestors to just kind of speak through me. My mom being one. And, man, uh, yeah, you know, it just, this was my therapy. You know what I mean? If I didn't have this wow. and I couldn't channel this energy into this project, I don't know how that energy may have gone. I don't know what, you know, I would have done, but I'm just glad that I had something to channel my energy in. So I would work on this project 12 hours, 16 hours a day sometime. And wow. I heard John Singleton say when he was creating Boys in the Hood, you know, that's a hood classic, right? (laughs) So when he was creating Boys in the Hood, he edited that film at USC. So while he was editing that film, he said that he had moments in the film where he cried. He had moments when he was editing this film where he was up yelling and getting excited and jumping around, you know? And so when I look at B1, we have those same elements in this film as i edited this film i have one of the desks that you can write raise and lower you know because as an editor you sit a lot so sometimes you need to stand up and as i'm editing i'm i'm feeling these you know these words and what people are saying and and they're having an effect on me so i'm just allowing this boom putting all of this energy back into the project so those are some of the experiences that i had in the process of creating this film and you know uh, applying myself and committing to those you know those 2,500 hours that went into making this film, and you'll see a piece of the trailer, the opening, which is about a four-minute clip that uh, Dr. Boyce is going to play. Where uh, you know you'll see some of that. You'll see the movements. You'll see the B-roll. And if uh, if you're an editor or a filmmaker, when you have that timeline and you have all of those minute clips. And B roll and this and effects, you know. I, I was gonna get a T shirt with all of that on it, you know, to show that. But um, I mean, you 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 see the amount of detail and the amount of work and effort that goes to in, into a project like this. So this was definitely uh, a labor of love. And 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 my wish is that you know when people watch this, they feel the emotion and they feel you know the love and the and, and the uh, the expressions that went into creating this. This project,
0: by the way, everybody, if you just came in, I'm speaking with director Rick Mathis, and he is the director of of an awesome uh, blackbuster film called B1 The Movie. Uh, B1 The Movie is going to be released this summer. Why it stars a lot of the stars from our community, from our space, from the B1 space. Uh, including people like Dr. Claude Anderson, Riza Islam, uh, Queen of Fuwa, Nuri Muhammad, uh, Speech from Arrested Development, Jay Morrison, Julian Gordon, Dr. Ona Brown, Ash Cash, Vicki Dillard, uh, David Rand, D1, etc. And uh, we made this movie for y'all. We did this because uh, we believe that we should have our own music uh, movie industry. We believe, we, In fact, we also have uh, some developments in the music industry too. We haven't talked about it much, but there is um, uh, Victory Boyd's uh, father, Victory Boyd, and uh, in, in her family, uh, they are developing artists out in Detroit that are B1 artists, artists that we love, that mainstream media will never adopt, like Akilani Honda. Akilani Honda is too much of a strong black woman for them to, and, and I say strong black woman in the best possible sense, I know this is a mixed term, but she's strong and intelligent and capable, and, and she's a damn good rapper. So, uh, you know, so uh, John Boyd, the father of Victory, is using his connection with with Rock Nation to set up meetings and opportunities for artists like Akila. So it's getting done, y'all. We're making this happen. And and we're not just up here talking, we're actually getting things done. And uh, so everybody could please take one second, please hit the thumbs up button, Uh, thumbs up, share, subscribe. Make sure you hit the notification bell so you'll be notified when we go live. Uh, Hit all those buttons uh, so that we can be connected. Also a quick reminder, I'll be in uh, Dallas May 19th uh, for Black Wealth Summit. So if you'd like to join us for the Black Wealth Summit and two day training camp, join us. Just go to voicewalkins.com and you can get all the information there and uh, you can check out all the stuff we have going on in the Black Business School. So let me, um, uh, before we show the clip of the film, uh, I, I want to kind of talk quickly about some of the individuals that are in the film. And and I guess uh, I, I'd be curious to know if you have like maybe once about that individual in terms of what felt, uh, in terms of what they contributed Uh, uh, from an artistic standpoint. So give me one second. I'll make sure I hit the right button. Uh, Mm -hmm. I'm going to share my screen here. And uh, the first image is uh, my buddy, uh, a great artist uh, named D1. D1 is at Harvard University right now. A lot of people don't know that, but everybody should know that. Uh, He's there because he uses hip hop to educate children. He, he He was a school teacher that chose to become a rapper because he saw how hip hop Uh, affects our children give me a yes if y'all understand that give me a yes if you understand how culture and music affects our kids d1 uh is a one-man army against that's what he calls himself and he's fighting against that uh so d was in the film what what were your thoughts about d and in terms of what he did in the film
1: man d1 so he shares this story in the film again
0: we have stories uh
1: my whole thing was to create a collage of stories so he shares a story in the film where he was signed to this major record label and he's sitting in the office with one of the uh, the promotion reps And so the promotion rep is on the phone calling, you know, play this record, play this record, play this record. So he said the promotion rep hangs up the phone and he looks at D1 and says, I hate that record. I'm just doing this <clears throat> because this is my job but I don't I don't really like that record. And D1 was like, wow. You know, so it's stories like that that are shared in the film. Uh, the young lady you was just talking about, Akila, she she shares a, 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 um, in the film how the story of how uh, when she was coming up, how you had different choices of, film, of of music versus just that one negative kind of music. Now, you know, we had the Erica Badu's, the Jill Scotts, you know, the uh, the Lauryn Hills. You know, we had a variety of music to choose from along with the little Kim and the Foxy Brown and all of that. So she talks about that and she really highlights that, you know, in the music section of the film. So with stories like that, that are just like, wow, when you see it, you know, when you watch the film, you can literally watch this film over and over and get something new from it every time you watch it. It's just that layered and just that packed with information and energy.
0: Mm-hmm. okay so uh another person that's in the film is this brother ash cash well, what are your thoughts mm-hmm. on ash cash that, that's the homie right there
1: hey ash cash is the homie for real so in the trailer so ash cash was like if you know ash cash you know his energy is always up here on like yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, he got, he, ah! and you know he got the new york accent so, you know, Ash Cash had the he, – he he shot uh, the show The vault, uh, you know, in the studio, in our studio. So um, if you know him, his energy is way up here. So I used to literally be on set, you know, with Ash Cash all the time while he was shooting in the vault. But his energy is like – he's like the Buster Rhymes of the film, if you will. Like mm. he just brings this electrifying energy, which you'll see in, in the trailer. You know, he's featured in uh, – in the trailer that we're about to show, he brings this electrifying energy that's like through the roof, man. So I definitely, uh, I definitely appreciate you know what Ash Cash, you know, had to offer as well as his wife. You know, we uh, we featured her as well in the film, so you know she's mm, an, okay. author, and, you know, she's nice. an awesome
0: kids book. So okay, what what about this Uh woman, Dr. Anna Brown? Anna
1: Brown, that's dear friend of mine. That's uh, Les Brown's daughter, <laughs> by the way. So she's a motivational speaker. So in the film, she shares how she travels the world doing these motivational panels, right, if you will. But the irony in all of this is most of the time, the majority of her audience is white or people of other ethnicity. So she shares a story as of one time, I think she was in London, and um, this lady came up to her, and she says, uh, I'm going to buy your books. I'm going to buy your information. But you know, we have to create our own on a brown. You do understand, right? I mm. <laughs> was like, yes, I understand. And I appreciate wow. you, you know, for being real and sharing that with me. So at the end of the day, it's no secret. Other races are putting their race first. So the question, again, is what is it going to take for us To put our race first and be unapologetic about it.
0: Right, right.
1: Yeah, that's the question that is repeatedly asked in the film. But we also offer solutions. You know, it's not a film where, you know, we're beating our people up. We're doing this in love because at the end of the day, I feel like it's gonna take love. And we share that. And express that in the film with a surprise ending. Like the ending is amazing. When you see the ending, you're gonna be like, "Wow!" I mean, it's like literally when I watch the ending of this film, I literally get goosebumps every time I watch the ending of this film. Like, mm. no
0: joke. Okay, uh, speak about this this young lady, Miss Vicky,
1: oh, Vicky, you Vicky Dillon.
0: Dillon. Yeah, there's, there's only one Vicky Dillon.
1: <laughs> Look. Vicki Diller is the black pastor in this film. She is the evangelist in this film. So, what Vicki Diller, she shares this story in episode 4 about trauma. And she mm. simply asks the question, what do you say to a group of people who has gone through their kids being fed to alligator, alligators? Then mm. Their, their husband being tied to horses and, block, and bodies literally pulled apart. Like she goes through this series. And when I tell you, she goes for about two or three minutes of this series of things. What do you say to a group of people that has been through this, but yet it's still, we're still standing and we're still on their heels. You know mm. what I'm saying? She start with the Holocaust. You know, we know about the Jewish Holocaust and we know about all of that. But what about the Black Holocaust? Mm. And Brown. she walks you through that. I'm telling you, she's the Black evangel- evangelist of the film, man. She's like, ah, wow. she, Yeah, and, and, it's one it's of a time. story. Yeah, it's a story. And now Julian Gordon, oh my gosh. So again, so in episode two, because again, we have five episodes. Each episode ranges from about 10 minutes to 20-something minutes. And the great thing about this film is you can literally watch one episode, have a discussion around that episode, or go through the curriculum. We're actually creating a curriculum that's going to parallel the film. So we're taking comments that were said in the film and things that parallel the film, and we're creating exercises that you'll actually be able to go through. And and and, uh, and have exercises that you can go and you can journal and write your diary. Like it's it's a whole thing that we're doing. But Julian Gordon, right? So Julian Gordon is really highlighted in episode two, the social media part of episode two, and what he talks about in the film is how he fasts. From social media, but not only does he fast, he curates his feed by what he likes, by what he follows, by what he cares, and how long he watches a video. So he literally walks you through these particular things that we may not be, you know, aware of when we're doing, but we're actually. Curating our feed when we do these things, everything from liking, from sharing to watching a video to the end, like all of these things really curate your feed. So, you know, he said, you know, uh, he uses the example with George Floyd. Like you may say, okay, I don't want to see George Floyd. But if you're watching that video to the end or you're sharing that video or you're liking that video, then guess what? You're curating your feed. So that's something to think about. So again, when you watch the film, it's mm-hmm. so many highlights. This is like, the um, the film is like, you know, coming to America where you have all those classic lines with Eddie Murphy and, yeah. and Arsenio Hall and Samuel Jackson. This is the coming to America of documentaries. Like there's so many wow. classic lines in the film. Like when you watch it, it's so many classic lines, you're gonna be like, wow. And I wow. Give, i give you another, I, I give you another one real quick. And <laughs> this is like one of the funny parts of the film, right? So, madam president in the film, she says, We're talking about the music. And we're talking about using, you know, the word bitch and hoe in the film. Excuse my French. But she said. She says in the film, <laughs> there's about better president. She says in the film, what if Jesus would have said, go down there and heal that nigga. Go down there and heal that nigga. <laughs> What if Jesus would have said that, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, just think about that for a minute.
0: Man. Man. You know, I, I, I think that's powerful. I'm, I'm just sitting here looking at you know the different people that are in the film and and, and you sent me the longer list because because when you sent me the list uh, i i saw the 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 shorter list and i said wait a minute i know we had a whole lot more people in there that uh the that, that really difference in the community yeah and i i want to make sure you know I'm, I'm gonna try to invite them all all in here and have panels and everything because because the thing about it is you know um these are our black leaders in my opinion you know i, I mean i, I do that we should have a leader in every house in terms of public figures that uh everybody should follow oh can you see me can you hear me okay there we go um you know i think that these are the people that we need to uh listen and pay attention to and i'm gonna quickly read down the list and then after i finish reading the list is everybody please hit the thumbs up button follow share subscribe this is rick mathis he's the director of our new movie it's called b1 the movie it's coming out this summer uh we are not uh we are not going to release it till then uh, we're not going to put it on Netflix. We're not trying to go and pedal it to Hollywood. Uh, we have our own distribution network and that distribution uh, network. It's its not NBC. It's not ABC. It's not CBS. It's not ESPN. It's called Y.O.U. It's called Y.O.U. It's called W.E. A W-E. It's called U.S. <laughs> you, we, us. We are our distribution platform. So I'd like for everybody, if you could in the chat, let us know that you plan to not just uh, watch the film when you can, but also you will share. Tell everybody about this. We are building what is going to become a trillion-dollar film distribution industry in the black community. Uh, we have studied uh, how the Jews invented Hollywood. There's a whole book called An Empire of Their Own and how people in the Jewish community, God bless them. Again, I'm not even say, saying any of this on any sort of anti-Semitic rant at all. Uh, but they, God bless them. They created uh, in that book, they talk about how a few Eastern European Jews who were being discriminated against, who couldn't get opportunities, they, they, a, they, they couldn't get a seat at the table. They started building tables. They were building tables. So they created Universal Studios. They created uh, you know, uh, uh, Warner Brothers. Uh, they went and created 21st Century Fox. They created the William Morris Agency. They created everything that they wanted to create. And they had less money than us. They didn't have, you know, between all these people in this film, we've probably got 10 million followers on various social media channels. They didn't have 10 million followers when they were creating MGM. Right. So we have more than what they have. We we got all the degrees. We don't went to college and and you don't get all the fancy letters behind your name. We we have the Internet. We have the ability to connect unlike any time before. So it's time to create a, a a solid black owned B1 owned film industry. And that's what we're developing now. And we're doing it out loud. I'm gonna read some of the names real quick and then we'll show uh, the clip of the film. Uh, the names on this list Rick sent me uh, Ash Cash, Aquila Nihonda, Dr. Alicia Watkins, Bernard Hardy, Blue Pill is in the film. Shout out to Blue Pill. Uh, some some guy named Boyce Watkins. I don't know why y'all want him in the movie, but hey, I'm glad he was there. Uh, Caden, a ten year old entrepreneur, brilliant young child. cool, Chik Akua. Aku, I, I don't know yeah, if it's, Chike it's
1: Akua. Dr. Chike,
0: Chike Akua. Akua. Did I say it right? Okay, Doctor Chike Akua. He's at um. Uh, he Clark, teaches Clark. Clark. Yeah, yeah. I, I spoke for the brothers' class. Give him my best. I, I really enjoyed that experience. Um, and I like his open mindedness, by the way. Christopher Emmanuel, China Bethany. Constance Carter uh, from the Fly Nubian Money Network, David Wren, D1, one of the best rappers alive, Dr. Claude Anderson, Giselle Martin, who is a child, uh, and who's an extraordinary young actress who's already starring in all these movies now, Jade Arendelle, who was uh, who's uh, working with uh, with, uh, with uh, Tariq Nasheed on his conference, shout out to Tariq, shout out to his whole crew, we love them, uh, Jay Morrison, uh, who created The Black House, uh, let's see. Who else is in here? Uh, Jay J Ortiz, an extraordinary rapper out of California. Jeff Lightsey Jr., who is becoming one of the leading HBCU sports commentators in this country. Jewel Tankard. Julian Gordon, who just raised, uh, who just today, I had Julian right before, uh, right before you and I spoke, Rick. Julian just announced that they've raised, they've helped uh, create a, a quarter billion dollars worth of black-owned real estate. They literally have helped black families acquire a quarter billion dollars worth of real estate. How many, give me a guess if you, or no, how many of y'all know a single celebrity, any celebrity, you name one, pick whoever you want, Oprah on down. How many of those people can say that we helped the black community acquire a quarter billion dollars in real estate? Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Do y'all understand how significant that is? This is real work. This is what you call getting it done. And I I don't want you all to know about this. Let's keep going. I'm going to keep reading. I'm going to get through this list. Jedediah. uh, Keisha. There's not a last name. Does Keisha have a last name or is it just Keisha? Keisha and Jedediah.
1: That's the black love story. I didn't get their last name. Okay. uh,
0: Uh, Yeah. Oh, well, black love. You can't can't do nothing without black love. King Randall. A 23-year-old kid. Started a school down in Georgia. King Randall, my man. Uh, uh, he, he served his country in the military. Came back to his community. Started a school for boys. Got it off the ground. Getting work done. Didn't take ten years to start the damn school. He started school in a few months. That's called getting it done. King Randall, one of the most solid brothers I've ever met. I love that guy. We we made a donation. My wife and I, as soon as we saw his school, we we I called him up and I said, I, I don't know you, but I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you a few thousand dollars to support what you're doing, and I'm gonna get I'm gonna get go public and give you a shout out because this is the kind of work that needs that we need the executioners in the community. He's an executioner. Let's keep going. Uh, a few more names, Lene Javette who is now Dr. Lene Javette, who is an expert on black women and entrepreneurship. I worked with Lene for years. She's extraordinary. Lawrence Watkins happens to be my brother. He's, he's actually working on a, a multi-billion dollar project out in Tulsa. I can't talk much about it, but believe me, they got big things going. Uh, what else? Uh, mama pill, Mary Dean Esquire, an extraordinary attorney. Brother Nuri Muhammad. Nothing to say about Nuri except, my lord, that's a powerful black man. Queen Afua. She helps us heal as black people. We need healing. Let's keep going. Riza Islam, one of the bravest black men in America. Raheem Shabazz, excellent filmmaker, excellent brother. I love Raheem. Madam President, a.k.a. Chanel Walker, one of the leading black female voices in this country. Speech from Arrested Development who made that documentary, The N-Word Factory, one of the best documentaries out here. I encourage everybody to watch it. I'm not going to say The N-Word because I'm on YouTube and they act funny when you do that, but it's such a good documentary. I had speech on here. I love this guy. Last but not least, we got Vicky Dillon. So we got a star-studded cast, Rick. Like, I feel like in our space, this is like having a movie. This is like white people making a movie that has, like, Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio... And whoever the most famous white people on America, I don't keep up with the list anymore. But it's like literally having like, oh, yo, know, I don't know, Sylvester Stallone, Al Pacino, Robert De Niro. Like this is this is like this is big, man. This is an amazing project you did. Uh, how? And, and, and tell me your mama's name, man. I, I, she her name needs to be at the so, top of this list.
1: So Gwen, Gwen Lewis. So I actually started a foundation for it. So you'll see that in the film. And you know, people can uh donate as well to the Gwen Lewis Foundation. But her name is Miss Gwendolyn Lewis. You actually like that part of the film and the opening, again, that's another part of the film that just like gives me goosebumps, man. Mm. Well, it's
0: you know like, what? Uh well, I'm sorry, but I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry. I didn't know you, if you were if you Yeah, no, go something. ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? Shout out to Miss Gwendolyn Lewis and uh and I, I get it, man, I, I totally get it. And I, I think it's uh, awesome that you dedicate this film to your mother. And, and when I heard the story, um, that, that was further inspiration for me because I'm thinking how nice it would be for her to be in heaven to be able to see us put this movie in front of a million people, right? And we're gonna do that. We're gonna do that. You know, we, wow. we, we will submit her legacy on every level. We will elevate our people with this film. Uh, this project is going to be, um, I'm going. I'm personally going to be talking about it for the next couple of years. So uh, y'all might, y'all, y'all going to get tired of hearing me talk about that movie.
1: I don't think they're going to get tired, Doc, because, I mean, it's, and I say this humbly, and and, and I, I have people, kind of my warm circle that are, hey, what you think about this? What you think about that? And they, they're like, Rick, like, when people see this, when they see this film, they're going to be like, it's going to really change lives. Like, mm. it, it's going to really have a powerful impact. Like it's yeah. So wow. and, I say, and I say that humbly, but my mom actually had a chance to see one of the uh, scenes that I put in the film. And she and she uh, she said, I don't know if you remember when there was a riot in downtown Atlanta. I'm based in Atlanta. I'm from Atlanta.
0: Yeah, you know, so. yeah, I remember that.
1: So there was when they were burning up cop cars. So we actually myself, Raheem and some other filmmakers was down there getting footage of what was going on. So we got real live, real time footage of the rioters, or the protesters burning one setting one of the Atlanta cop cars on fire. So I actually, I had that in the film. And she was like, take that out of the film. We got enough of that. Don't put that in the film. You know, and this was, when she was sick. So I was like, wow. wow, let me, let me, so y'all won't see that. That's on the cutting room floor,
0: <laughs> but
1: um, man, I don't know if you all are familiar with the ancestral mathematics. But we really highlight that in the film, you know, and it and if you're not familiar with it, it really just says if you go back just 12 generations, it took four thousand ninety four ancestors to create the person you are today. Four thousand ninety four ancestors. That's mind blowing. Right. So all of that is in our DNA. All of that is within us. And that's what it takes to create us just going back 12 generations.
0: Yes, absolutely. All right. So uh, give me a yes in the chat if you are ready to see uh, the first ever, 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 ever showing of of B1 the movie. Uh, This is a clip Rick uh, sent over to me. It's a four-minute clip. Uh, Give me a yes if you're ready to see it. Also, I'd like for your help to make sure the audio is coming through. I want to make sure I do justice with the film by sharing the audio properly uh so uh give me a yes after i start playing it to let me know you can hear it just say a loud and clear doc or something like that and uh and i'm gonna go ahead and play so without further ado let me go ahead and pull this up on the screen uh so we can kind of enjoy this all together and uh and yeah this is a black owned movie so y'all should be proud this is ours we did this we we all did this together so let me see i'm gonna pull this up on the screen uh rick i'm gonna uh, minimize you and i uh take us off the screen and uh this is on youtube so i'm gonna try to not quite make it totally full screen, but wide enough where it spreads out across the screen. And uh, and here we go. Let me turn up the volume and give me a yes, everybody, if you can hear it. And actually, what I'm gonna do is even mute myself uh, right now. And I'm gonna mute Rick. So there's no uh, potential audio feedback. So give me let me know uh, if you can hear. So here we go. So I'm going to go ahead and start this uh, right
1: For years, black people have been taught to put other races first. But how would our community look when we establish a code of conduct that puts black people first?
0: Your family is your natural economic gang and everybody should be affiliated. There should be a code of conduct. Everybody has to be on the same page. If you cannot get everybody on the same code, then you cannot win.
1: all races have an unspoken code of conduct from chinese to japanese to mexican to european (laughs) even the kkk has a code of conduct that they operate under they raise money for kyle rittenhouse they raise money for george zimmerman they stuck to their code to ensure that hey i got you if we're following the rules of the system we're already off code The system was never designed nor set up for us to be successful. What is it going to take for black people to establish a code of conduct that puts black people first?
0: No Chinese person, no Latino, no no Arab, no Jew, no white man has ever had to be asked such a question. first thing that we have to have is a code and that code has to be a patronymic code because we are black and if we look at the constitution that is a patronymic code that we can follow but not actually use because that's someone else's code of conduct and code of building wealth and prosperity that is able to be passed through airship for generations and for perpetuity but 99% of all the blacks in the country, whether they got an education from college or not, they don't know what the Constitution is all about. The Constitution was the first affirmative action plan in the United States, and it was written strictly and solely for white folk. That's why in the Constitution, one up to 12 is for white people. In those 12 amendments, you hear him talking about, he'll be talking about things like using very broad and ambiguous terms so the black folk can never figure out what the Constitution was about.
1: But what if we established a black constitution that puts black people first and is built on the principles of love, respect and unity? If black people put black people
0: first, then we will take the planet back. That's the fact.
1: We have already survived the middle passage. We have survived the crack epidemic. We have survived mass incarceration. We have survived all type of experiments. And here we are still standing, being black is being resilient. That is the code. It's embedded in our DNA. Like that's the that's the blood that's, that's in your veins. When you know that, and you know Manta Musa was the richest person
0: ever. When you understand that and you understand where you come from and you understand that anything is possible, you will understand that abundance is your birthright, right? Stop resisting your, yo, you resisting your greatness. Stop resisting
1: your greatness. You great. And once you understand that and you understand your greatness, right? I am greatness on display. Hey. this one
0: for the everything this one for the everything everyone who hope the Sorry, great job man great job rick great job hey, thanks rick. man additional, S- additional round of applause for rick and his hard work and and, uh, and putting this uh, film together. And that's just a piece of it. I, I have seen so much of this movie. And I can tell you all, it is extremely good. It is going to blow your mind. And, um, and, uh, and so, so, I, so I, you know, one thing, I, we, you and I were talking about possibly doing something at Juneteenth in Atlanta. Um, and I guess maybe that might be the place where we could consider uh, releasing it. Or uh, also, of course, at the All Black National Convention. I think, you know, forming panels around the topics in the film and stuff like that would be a lot of fun because there, there's so much there, uh, and I want to let everybody know, Uh and, and Rick, I'd like to get your, your thoughts on some of this, Uh, because you were responsible for shaping the structure of the film, and uh, and it, 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 you broke the film into pieces, easily digestible pieces, Uh and so the first piece is uh, getting on code. What does that mean to put black people first, which is very important, right, because we serve everybody else except ourselves. Uh, we were raised to do that. We're trained to go and work for white people. We're trained to go and put... Every, you know spend money with other people's communities right uh number two what role does the media play in black people putting black people first so there's a conversation about media well you know is there there's no such thing as just entertainment and that's where i think i'm very happy you know people like my wife were participating because she's an expert on the subconscious mind and she says that this music what it does to the subconscious mind is crazy because it makes the kids unproductive before they even become adults for some of them Number three, why do other races feel threatened when black people simply talk about putting black people first? I think that's a great question. Why? Well, because uh, because they feel that they own us. They have a claim to us, you know, almost like uh, like 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 parents claiming children. And so when we say, no, we're here for us, not for you, then, of course, that's going to cause a problem, because any time in history, when one country is able to extract resources from another country and exploit that other country, if that country declares independence, there's going to be a war. There's going to be a fight. When China told the Europeans, you're not going to keep on selling your opium in China. Well, that created the opium wars. Right. So effectively, you know, we've been on that dope for a long time. Now we are declaring independence just like China did before it became a superpower. And that's going to mean that people are going to be upset with us. A war is going to ensue as a result of that. Number four, is it racist for black people to put black people first? Uh, well, you know, black love ain't got nothing to do with white hatred. I think we all know that. We all give me a yes in the chat if you agree. Number five is what is it going to take for black people to put our children first, our health first, and our relationships first? First, So so you're talking about the uh, black love, revolutionary, foundational, important for us to survive. I mean, if Black men and Black women can't even be attracted to each other, can't even get together and raise children together, then what future does the community have? If We're not respecting the mothers and the important role they have in the community. We're not respecting the fathers and the role that they play, believing that kids don't need a father, which is the craziest thing I've ever heard. I think it's like taking us back to who we are. So, Rick, I, I know I just said a lot. So what do you think about some of this and what was your thought process in shaping the pieces to this film?
1: Wow. I mean, again, uh, my approach to producing this film was to dissect the things that are readily affecting the black community. So when you dissect those things, the number one thing, and George Frazier, Dr. George Frazier, who was at the conference last year, he says this in the film, in the music session, he says, we changed, as black people, when our music changed. When we start using the N word and we started using the B word, we changed. Just, just, just think about that for a minute because the music penetrates you on a, on a subconscious level that you're not even aware of. You know what I'm saying? So he shares this story in the film about how he was flying from Cleveland, which he lives in Cleveland to Los Angeles. And that's a four hour flight. So on the plane, this kid may have been 24, 25, is listening to this music for four hours. And the way he, if you know you know, Dr. George Frazier, you know, he's an eloquent speaker, so you know how he tells the story. So the way he tells his story and, and the illustrations and the pictures that he creates in your mind as he's telling this story is amazing. But we changed, if you think about that for a minute, Doc. We changed when our music changed. The music changed in the late 80s with NWA and Sir Mix a Lot, Baby Got Back. That's when it went to the N word and it went to disrespecting the black woman. Because prior to that, we were singing about love. You know what I'm saying? We were thinking about James Brown, I'm black and I'm proud. Say it loud. You know what I'm saying? We had Michael Jackson singing about Billie Jean and, you know what I'm saying, beating and dancing and all that. Those were the songs.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But
1: now, when you look at the music, the music has become so detrimental that right here in Atlanta, we have (coughs) Young Thug on trial for a song that, you know, he's on trial because of the lyrics of a song that he wrote. Literally sitting behind bars and has been behind bars for about a year now because of some lyrics that he wrote. So that just shows you how powerful and how music uh, motivates you to do certain things. And if you look at our history, we've learned we learned through yep. music. Like, you know, they, they, know who, they know how we learn and how we behave. If you look at the Griots in Africa, that's how stories and traditions were passed down by forming a circle and singing these songs and sharing these stories. That penetrates your subconscious mind, and it's embedded there. It's tattooed there. That's how powerful this music is. Mm. So you got to really we, be careful what you're listening to.
0: Well, you know, I think that's a great point, man. I, You know, the, the, we changed when the music changed, and that that was something, Uh, you know, when you said that, that was a notable quotable. And I, and I can't – we, we got to make a full list, man, of everybody that's in this film because George Frazier is a – Right, that's a he's a movie star in himself, right? So, I yeah, so let, let, yeah I, sent you, I sent you a little text saying, Man, I want to make sure every single person uh, that contributes exactly. to the project gets recognized, you know what I mean? Because uh, George is um, he's another OG, another legend, another guy that has really put it on the line for black folks, you know. And uh, and yeah. in fact, when I met him, you know, uh, years ago, I met him about the same time I met Dr. Claude Anderson, and mm-hmm. I remember kind of just you know, you just don't know about people. You know, it's like, okay, you know, this who's this light skinned Negro with the with the with the oily hair, you know, whatever. You know, just yeah, you don't know, right? And and I'm gonna tell you, he got up there and he really spoke some really strong pro-black stuff. We got on the phone a few years later and I, I, I was vetting him out trying to figure out what kind of man he is and and I was so impressed. I just really I love this guy. I have so much respect for him. He has so much wisdom. And he is he's, he's these again, I want you all to understand these are your movie stars, you know, not not these. I know I've been in both spaces. I've been in Hollywood and I've been in 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 the hood. <laughs> and, uh, and and I can tell you the Hollywood types name what they cracked up to be. You know, some of them uh, uh, they want to be white. Some of them own drugs. Some of them hate you, Uh, you know, and I, and I've sat on the phone with some of them and said, I, I don't want to talk to you anymore. Because your, your brain is in the wrong place. You know, you just but you feel like you're special because white people gave you money to act like a buffoon. Whereas you've got people out here in the in our community who possess the real kind of intelligence that can solve real problems. And of course, they're going to be ignored. Of course, they're not going to be celebrated in mainstream media. You know, you look at what King Randall's doing with that school down south. Ain't no reason why this man should not. He should have a billion dollar budget for his schools. He should have every nickel. Instead, in Chicago, pay attention, y'all. They have 55 public schools in the city of Chicago without one single child that can read or do math at grade level. Do you think that if they gave King Randall, if they took the money from those failing schools and gave this money to King Randall, do you think that 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 he would have that problem? Do you think that King Randall would run a school where every single child can't even read or write or do math at grade level? Seriously. Seriously. They they want you stupid. They want to destroy you. They want to see you behind. So so King Randall's my hero. He's a young brother, but I have so much appreciation for what he's doing. Constance Carter, creating millionaires in real estate. I mean, yo, you know, y'all y'all stuck in this go to school, get a job, BS that puts you in student loan debt for life. You die with a negative net worth, game over, you work yourself into a ground so that a white man can get rich. Constance Carter is breaking the code. Her children work in her family business. All her children are on track to be millionaires just like their mama. That's why I rock with Constance and she ain't scared to be black. This is a great black woman. These are your Harriet Tubman's. These are your Nat Turner's. These are your leaders in the community. These are bigger than your Barack Obama's. Stop looking at Negroes on TV and thinking that these are the people you should admire. The people that you need to look up to are the people that we chose for this movie. Madam President, out of Chicago. Father was killed at 13 years old. She is a heavyweight in Hollywood. She's the only person I know who has worked at Tyler Perry Studios, Ava DuVernay Studio, Oprah Winfrey Network, worked on 50 Cent Show Power, whichever one it was, and and, and is extremely creative and capable and loves the hell out of black people. Let's keep going. Akilah Nihonda. Baddest rapper since Tupac, right up there. I would put her pound for pound as an artist with Biggie, Pac, or anybody else. I love her music that much. She represents the spirit of the Lauren Hills, the artists that they killed, so they can replace you with women who are popping coochie in your face rapping about how juicy they wop is, just literally teaching your little girls how to be hoes by the second grade, and you look up to that nonsense. No, Akilah Nihunda is a black woman that makes all of us proud because she's raising her daughter uh, properly. She loves her husband. She has integrity. She's not going to sell out for a dollar. And guess what, y'all? uh john boyd the father of victory boyd helped me set up a meeting between akila and the people at rock nation so so this is what's going on this is what's happening d1 see i can keep going i'm gonna stop i gotta slow down because these people make i i'm so passionate in terms of how i admire these people i mean i i ain't even talking about d1 sitting up at harvard he's uh he's a brilliant artist made several albums he's the only artist i know anywhere who got offered a chance to sign with Cash Money Records with Lil Wayne and Drake and Baby and all of them and told them no. See, you got black people out here that won't sell their soul for a dollar. So all they really need is they need us to step up for them, man. They're going to battle for you. Go to battle for them. Throw away, I need you to throw away all of your little fake superheroes in Hollywood, all these people, these propped up Negroes that, that, are, that are propped up by, by the Hollywood agenda, that are propped up by white supremacists, that are propped up by the Democratic Party, and realize these are not your friends. The people that I just showed you, and I could keep going down the list. I mean, I could keep on going with all these individuals. I, I ain't even really scratched the surface, to be honest with you. But but these are the people that have your back. So can, can I at least get a yes confirmation in the chat? That we're going to start becoming conscious about who we choose as our leaders, who we choose as our heroes. Are we gonna look at some guy on TV or are we gonna give uh, more attention to a person like Dr. Claude Anderson, who's been fighting for your black butt for the last 50 years? We, we gotta grow out of that. It's extremely important. I'm done talking, Rick. I'm gonna let you get the last word. Where do we go from Woo. here with this? Wow,
1: man. So again, uh,
0: the name of the film is B1, the movie.
1: You can follow us at B One the Movie, and uh, we'll be on Juneteenth in Atlanta. Juneteenth, uh, Atlanta has one of the biggest Juneteenth celebrations. Uh, shout out to Bob Johnson and his team that assembles this uh, this experience. They had last year. They had about fifty thousand people. Uh, this year they're expecting over a hundred thousand people because, of course, it's a national holiday. So now everybody is kind of jumping on board. And you can see it reflected in the uh, the sponsors. Yes, you know sponsors for everybody from the a-list radio stations to the news stations to you know uh, all kind of brands that are that are uh, sponsoring this uh, this year's Juneteenth. So what's going to take place there in Atlanta, in the heart of Atlanta, as a matter of fact, at Centennial Park is where uh, this experience happens. Uh, we're going to show. A segment from each episode, again, there's five episodes starting with, you know, uh, asking the question, what is it going to take for black people to start putting black people first? It's going to take us getting on code number one. That's one thing that it's going to take. Episode two deals with, again, entertainment. It deals with music, film, social media. So it deals with, you know, all of those media outlets. Uh, So. Episode three deals with race. It deals with the word racism and how was a race to get to America. Uh, Episode four deals with uh, and and again, episode three is, you know, why do other races feel threatened when black people talk about putting black people first? Because, again, we were their platform as Dr. Claude Anderson so eloquently says in the film. Uh, Episode four uh, really deals with self-worth, self-preservation and self-love, like it's going to take those things, you know what I'm saying? Those are the key elements, the key ingredients, you know? So we're going to show a segment from that episode. And then uh, episode five is what is, you know, what is it going to take to put our children first, which is education, which we talk about uh, Project 2070, uh, you know, the uh, the Black Core 3, which, you know, is uh, elements or, or projects that, uh, that uh, Dr. Watkins has. So we talk about those things and then we go to health, which is a, which is very important, you know what I'm saying? Like health really should have been at the front, but I think music is a little bit more, has a little bit more effect, you know, than, than the health. And then the last thing is relationships. You know, we talk about relationships. So, and we have this surprise ending that's just gonna really blow you away at the end of the film. But you're going to be like wow that's beautiful this is really what it's about this is what b1 is about you know what i'm saying it's about black love you know put love first it's going to take you loving yourself enough to put your health first to put your relationships first to put media first to know what you're allowing your children to listen to know what you're allowing you know yourself to listen to so that's what it's going to take so on on june uh 17th we're going to show a segment of each one of those episodes, and then we're going to follow up. Now I hadn't talked to you about this, Doc, but I think we should probably do the premiere in Chicago, as well as do it online simultaneous. You know what I'm saying? So the people that are around the globe, you know, who can't make the in-person screening, they can watch it online at the same time we're screening it in Chicago and your, you know, your hometown where you live. So. I I hadn't talked to you about that, but I think that would be uh, pretty dope. And then from there, you know, we'll have it on all the major platforms and you can watch it. But we really, really need you all to get behind this project, to go to B1, the movie, on Instagram, on TikTok, because we're going to disperse a lot of information about, you know, things that we'll be doing around the film. Because, again, there's a curriculum that goes with this film, as well as, we're gonna have experiences. We're gonna have the B1 experiences where we may just show one episode and have an entire event around that episode. So, y'all, y'all mute, y'all mute that.
0: Sorry, give me one. Sorry about okay. that.
1: All go right. Ahead. So,
0: everybody who wants to follow the film and uh keep up with the progress of us developing a black-owned film industry, you can go to B1 the movie on Instagram or TikTok. And uh, also, uh, Rick, this is Rick Mathis, so everybody should follow him. Uh, your social media, Rick, it's uh, at Rick Mathis.
1: At, at Rick Mathis, yes, okay. and it's R I C Rick without the K. R I C.
0: Okay, so everybody follow Rick uh, at Rick Mathis, so you can kind of know uh, what what Rick's got going on. And uh, also, uh, and Rick, I, yeah, give, give me that full list of everybody that's in the movie when you get a chance, because we we just. Professor James small like you, yeah. you sent me a message about that yeah I mean I you know these are giants right these are giants and I, and I think it's very important that all these individuals uh, you know they we, we really give them their flowers and um, and as this industry grows we ensure that their legacies are growing with it because these are the people that fought for you uh, you know when when a lot of people wouldn't so uh, so here, here's just some images of some of the individuals in the film that, uh, you know, and this this isn't even everybody that's in there. And I know you guys are gonna love it. Uh, we literally said, I literally said to myself, I said, who are the uh, superstars of the black community? Let's grab a, a bunch of people that we work with, people that come to the All Black National Convention and let's shoot this film for the community where we can begin to lay out a format and a template and a blueprint on how we move forward and make our segment of the community the richest most powerful segment on the planet. Does it? Every black person don't want to be B1, and that's okay. Uh, God bless them. But uh, for those who uh, are looking for something different, who are tired of the nonsense, who want to grow uh, and elevate and create generational power and legacy, this movie's for you. So uh, thank you very much, Rick. It was great to see you, brother. Yeah,
1: thank you. Thanks
0: again. All right.
1: shout-out shout out to the people that uh, that, that that helped, uh, assisted with producing this film, from uh, Raheem Shabazz to... Jason Noor, to uh, Dr. Janae, um, uh, Taryn. You know, there's a lot of people that uh, that helped to make this project you know, come to fruition. I definitely want to say thank you and thanks for yes. being a part of this project.
0: Absolutely. All right, everybody. Well, thank you so much for listening. We'll keep you posted. Uh, if you want to be notified when the film is available and everything else, uh, all you got to do, just go to BoyceWalkins.com and you can get on our email list also. Uh, there's a list of AI stocks that I'm invested in that I think uh, will be great investments for your family. As the AI revolution takes, on, takes off, you don't want to be left behind. You don't want to miss out on the wealth that's going to be created in this industry. It's already starting to show itself. So if you want a list of AI stocks that I like, just go to BoyceWalkins.com. Also, you can join us <clears throat> this week in Dallas, May 19th. I'm doing a two-day Black Wealth Summit. Uh, So feel free to join us in Dallas. Uh, We're going to do two days of training and networking around wealth and business development and everything else. So that's if you're all about that and you want to be in that space, then feel free to join us in Dallas and fly on down. So have a good day, everybody. God bless you. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Share. Make sure you subscribe. Hit the notification bell. Thanks a lot, Rick. And uh, you guys have a wonderful day. Take care now. Peace.